It's Valentine's Day, ladies, a day to give gifts to celebrate the love that we have in our lives. I want to share with you today about the fact that the ultimate gift of love that we could ever possibly receive is from God. It is a gift that changes our lives forever. If you have received this gift, then this was going to be a reminder of just how much your Heavenly Father loves you. And if you have not received this precious gift yet, then this is your opportunity to do so and to have a changed life for eternity. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out podcast. Are you wanting to do life God's way but are unsure how or what that even looks like? Do you sometimes fear that you're doing this whole wife and mom thing all wrong and want to know how to do it right? Or do you want to stop worrying all the time and learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies, Bible study teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there, and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to find biblical answers to life's challenging questions in His Word to know what His promises are for you, how to apply them to your life, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day and follow the amazing plan that God has for you, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. Since we're celebrating the gift of love today by having Valentine's Day, God put it on my heart to share with you His ultimate gift of love for you. As a believer, I pray that you are encouraged and lifted up today as you are reminded of this precious love that the Heavenly Father has for you. And if you haven't received this gift yet, if you don't quite understand what I'm talking about with this gift of love, then I would pray that you would open your heart today and think about receiving it. Pay close attention and listen up, because God has brought you here for a reason, and He wants you to know of the love He has for you. So I wanted to share with you when I first heard about God's love for me. It was years ago when I was in high school and my parents were in the middle of going through a divorce. My mom and I had not quite, you know, finished packing up and moving out of my father's house yet. And my mom was searching for God. And every Sunday we would go to a different church and she was raised Catholic. And interestingly enough, she wasn't going to the Catholic church. She was going to all these other churches that were in the neighborhood that were different denominations. And we ended up at this one church, and it happens to be the same church that one of my friends in high school went to. And we noticed that, or I noticed anyway, that in going to these different churches, they kept talking about being born again and being a Christian and this new life in Christ and eternity with Christ and all this kind of things that I had never heard before and didn't understand what all that was. And then in going to the church that my friend had gone to, hearing the same kind of verbiage, 
I sat down with her one day and I asked her, and I remember distinctly sitting at my kitchen table and asking her, what is all this? What are they talking about with being a Christian and being born again? And, you know, why Jesus died on the cross and and all this stuff, like, what does all of that mean? And so this is what she told me. And this may be a newsflash for you, but we have all sinned. Every single one of us in one way or another, we have all sinned, whether it was a little white lie that you, you know, said to not to get in trouble for something, or whether you took something that wasn't yours, or even if you have gone to jail for your crimes, it's all the same to God. He makes no distinction as to what the crime is, what the sin is, whether it's little or big, or he, he doesn't look at it that way. For him, all have sinned. And that's what it tells us in Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's that simple. We've all done it. There isn't anyone who escapes that. And there are those in scripture who are, are obvious sinners, but yet that's why Jesus came. And he came and he spoke to them. And not only did he speak to them, but they became disciples. They became people in scripture that we actually later look up to and become examples of. Let me show you some examples. One of them is the woman at the well. Now, this is a woman who has had several husbands. She is living with a man right now that is not her husband. Jesus knows all of this before he begins to speak to her. But yet he talks to her with love and compassion because He wants to reach her heart and to have her believe in him. And what does she do? She goes and she brings the whole town to him to say, come and listen to the man who knows everything about me. And they all came to hear from Jesus. Jesus also hung out with tax collectors. Now you may wonder what sin does a tax collector do? In that time, tax collectors were known for charging more than what the actual tax was so that they could take that extra and put it in their pockets. So basically they were stealing from the people because they were charging more than what was necessary. But Jesus saw their heart and he came to be with sinners and be with the tax collectors. And some of those tax collectors became disciples. Then there's also the thief on the cross. This thief was caught and charged and put a penalty of death on the cross for his crimes. And yet Jesus looked at him and said, Today you will be with me in paradise. And then there's Rahab. And we've talked about Rahab before and the worldliness of her lifestyle. And yet God used her to help the spies. And she is now written in Hebrews in the Hall of Faith. I want to read from you from Luke 5, 27 through 32. It says, After these things, he went out and saw a tax collector, and it's talking about Jesus, went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the collector's station. He said to him, Follow me. And he left everything, rose up, and followed him. Then Levi made him a great feast in his house. And there was a group of many tax collectors and others who sat down with them. 
But their scribes and the Pharisees, which these were the religious leaders at the time, murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well do not need a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So what she told me was that Jesus came to this earth. He came here as a person for sinners like me, for sinners like all of us, so that he could come and show us repentance and be that price for us. She also told me about the fact that God is just. And because he is just, there is a penalty for that sin when we sin against him. In Romans 6.23, it tells us, For the wages of sin is death. Now this is a spiritual death, and that we are separated from God for eternity. Because God is righteous. He is sinless. He cannot and will not allow sin into heaven. And therefore, those who have sinned cannot enter heaven. In Matthew 13, 41 and 42, it says, The Son of Man shall send out his angels, and they shall gather out his kingdom all things that offend, and those who do evil, and will throw them into a fiery furnace. They will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Ladies, I have a harsh reality for you, and I know this may be difficult to hear, but you need to know the truth. We all live forever. Yes, this earthly body is going to get old and decrepit and die, but our spirit lives forever. We will either spend eternity in the unimaginable glory of heaven, or we will forever be tormented in hell. Make no mistake about it, ladies. Hell is real. But here's where the good part comes in that she told me. And this is John 3.16, verses 16 through 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. See, God sent His Son Jesus to make the ultimate sacrifice by suffering and dying on the cross and paying the penalty for our sin. My sin, your sin, everyone's sin. He has paid the price for our mistakes so that we can become children of God and be with Him in heaven. This is God's ultimate gift of love to us, each and every one of us. And that, while we were still sinners living against His word, He sent His only Son to die on the cross and to pay for our penalties. He loves us that much. It doesn't matter what the sin is. It doesn't matter how many times you've done it or how heinous that you think it might be. Jesus' death on the cross wipes it clean when we repent of our sins and we ask him to forgive us. At that point, the debt is paid, and all your sins are forgiven. The rest of Romans 6.23 says this, But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We cannot earn a place in heaven. We can't earn the gift of forgiveness. It is exactly that, a gift. When someone gives you a gift, 
You didn't work to receive it, otherwise it wouldn't be a gift. It would be some sort of payment or reward. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Salvation is that gift that God gives us by His grace and His grace alone. We can't earn it, and we don't deserve it. The very meaning of grace is to receive something that we do not deserve and did not earn. So then how do we receive this wonderful gift of salvation? Well, my friend told me this. She read me Romans 10.9, that if I would confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God had raised him from the dead, I would be saved. And then there's also 1 John 1.9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, to receive the gift of salvation, all one needs to do is to believe in Jesus, believe that he is the Son of God, that he died on the cross for your sins, to repent of those sins, which means to turn away from them, and then to ask for forgiveness for those sins. This is done by a simple prayer and asking God to forgive you of your sins, telling him that you believe in him, that you believe that he died on the cross for you, and that he rose again to bring you eternal life. Ask him to come into your life and to be Lord of that life, surrendering yourself to the one true God and become his child. Now, after my friend had told me all this, I have to confess, I didn't pray with her right then to receive God's wonderful gift of salvation. Not that I didn't believe what she had said, but I think I just needed to let it all sink in, all of this new information that I was given. What she did was invite me to go to her uncle's church to see a movie, A Thief in the Night. I don't know if you have ever seen this movie before, but it's basically about the end times and the rapture and when Jesus comes for his children and takes them up to heaven. And those people who are not a part of God's family are left here on earth. And it just goes through this whole thing of what this is and what it looks like. And this wonderful, faithful um, believer, it's just the story of her and what she does and, and what she remembers. She remembers after this rapture happens, all the things that her friend had told her and began to have her faith in God. Just she ended up having this tremendous faith in the end of this movie. And I looked at that and went, oh, okay, one, I don't want to be here for all the stuff that's going on in the end times. And two, I want to have faith like her. Lord, how do I have faith like her? And I gave my heart to God that night. Ladies, I have to tell you, it's been wonderful. And I'm so thankful that I did. And my life is so completely different now because I have. Now, I'm not going to tell you that following Jesus has been all sunshine and roses. And that you will never have struggles or hardships again in your life. As a matter of fact, the exact opposite may be true. However, what it does mean is that when those difficulties come, those tragedy strikes, and we have no idea what to do and who to turn to, we are never alone. Our Heavenly Father is always with us and helping us. He is an almighty God that works in our lives 
and has a perfect plan for your life, for my life, for everyone's life. Jesus loves you and is there to give you comfort when you are hurting, wisdom when you don't know which way to turn, and healing when there is nothing else that you can do. No longer will you need to feel helpless or hopeless about your life or to worry about tomorrow because your heavenly father is there. He is a sovereign God who has a perfect will and plan for your life and a hope for your future. Some of you may have a similar story to mine. Some of you may be in a place where I was then that you've heard this terminology, but you're not quite sure what it all means. And some of you may have been going to church for years, playing the role of a believer, and now you're afraid to admit to anyone that you're not really sure if you have this relationship with Jesus Christ like everyone else has. Ladies, please know that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and mine. He loved you before you even knew he existed, and so much so that he was willing to suffer and die on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins and to provide you with the gift of fellowship with him and to be with him in heaven forever. When we do this, the old things are passed away and we become a new creation in Christ. This is what it means to be born again. For me, following Jesus has changed my life in so many ways. As I said, he's guided me through difficult times, given me wisdom when I needed it, and changed me to be more like him. He has also given me unspeakable joy by blessing me with an amazing family and friends who dearly love me. If you want to accept this gift of salvation and begin a new life with Christ at your side, if you believe that God sent his son to die on the cross for your sins, that you want to repent of those sins and to give your life to Christ, then pray this prayer with me right now. Heavenly Father, Oh, thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for me and for making a way that I can spend eternity in heaven with you. Please forgive me, Lord, of my sins and cleanse me from my unrighteousness. I believe that you are the Son of God and that you do love me. I choose to follow you today and to make you Lord of my life. I ask that you would change my heart, forgive me of my sins, Lord, and to make me your child. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with me today, first, welcome to the family and know that there are angels in heaven rejoicing over you right now. Next, you will want to find a solid Bible teaching church to attend. There are so many wonderful things to learn about God and his plan for our lives, and they are all written in his word. If the church that you attend, if they have a Sunday school class or a Bible study, then I highly recommend that you go to that as well. Having the support of other believers is vital to our Christian walk. You can always come back here to the podcast for encouragement and wisdom on the Word of God. Hit that follow button at the top of the podcast, and then that way you won't miss any other opportunities to be lifted up and to learn more about your Heavenly Father. I also recommend that you go to either the Facebook community and let me know there that you have received Christ today and become his child. Or if you want to do it more privately, then please send me an email. Both the link to the Facebook page and also to my email address are in the show notes. So please shoot me an email. 
Let me know of the decision that you have made to follow Christ today so that I can rejoice with you. It would be my honor to come alongside you in prayer and to be excited with you as you begin this new journey in Christ. Ladies, happy Valentine's Day and God bless. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcast. This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the Word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, Ooh, she needs to hear this. Well, then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? Then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, thank you again for listening today. And know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you and see you on the next episode.